All right. Hey, welcome to the Better Sundays podcast. This is Mike Holmes, and today we're covering an interesting topic about who has the most powerful voice in your church. Now, we're not talking about who's the best singer or who's the loudest or anything along that line, but where does the power center within the voices that are found within a local church? So I hope you stay with us. This is going to be a great episode We'll see you here in just a moment as we get started at the Better Sundays Podcast at ReachKey.com. Welcome to the Better Sundays Podcast, focused, practical, and usable advice for church leaders looking to reach new young families and impact their community. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Thanks for taking time to be with us here. We have been doing our new series, a new season, I guess we call it, on voices, and we've been covering a few things the last couple of weeks. I covered uh, just how to pray regularly for your church people, and I actually kind of interviewed a bunch of people and got several voices involved with that, and uh, so that's a good episode. We also covered the idea of if you're a professional talker and you speak for a living like uh, many of us do in the ministry, then we're do you take time to listen and where and who do you kind of get your counsel from and how you can better do some of that today though we're talking about kind of a different topic and this is the idea of there are many voices in a church in other words you hear people singing you hear people talking everyone can talk basically so you got a lot going on there's an interesting kind of bible study that you can do and you can do this in almost any chapter of the gospels you take your your gospel average matthew mark luke or john and just kind Kind of write down who it all is speaking in that particular chapter. And you're going to find a very interesting thing is that Jesus, while he is the most powerful speaker in the sense of content and authority and some of that, he is clearly outweighed in almost every chapter by many other people. And we find that when we ask the question, who is the most powerful voice in the church or where are the voices heard, it's really kind of a split decision on this thing. Obviously, a pastor needs to be the teaching of doctrine, the gospel presentation, uh, explaining what the Bible means, discipleship, all of the different things that need to be taught. And a pastor from the pulpit has that ability to stand up there and pretty much everybody listens and we talk. It's a, kind of the way it works, and that's a, a great thing. But as far as the number of powerful voices in your church, you're really, as a pastor, you are far far outnumbered by the number of people that are sitting out there in the congregation, and those voices have some importance too. Now, many times in a congregation, or really in kind of any group of people, you can have some bad voices. You can have the gossipy types and those that or sowing discord and you know disharmony um, thing, people that disagree with you, a lot of different things along that line. And I think we have the opportunity to shape some of that and to get those people the right direction. But on the serious side, there are so many people out there that talk and have good things to say, and there are some powerful things that can happen. Obviously, just the whole idea of like praying together or singing together, those things happen usually on a Sunday when church services are over, whether it's in the middle of the week or, uh, you know, on a Sunday service, we often have, you know, what we call fellowship and people are, you know, 
know, talking and spending some time, uh, you know, just talking about the average thing. But there's also other great things that happen. I want to talk about how to encourage. I want to give you two specific things that we do here at our church that will help you uh, to kind of get better at having the powerful discussion of the church body, how to kind of steer that and kind of shape that and kind of get that going the right direction. It's very important that our people learn to get good advice, not only from you as the pastor, but from each other. It's very important that they give good advice. Uh, the idea of hearty counsel, very prominent in the Bible. The, the question-answer type thing, and I'm not talking about formal Q&As where people go, you know, Pastor, how many angels are on the head of a pen or, you know, you know, what happened in first Samuel three or that I don't understand, you know, not those kind of formal things, but just kind of like questions that come up where people are like, you know, why is our society so messed up? I got that question today after church. It was very interesting. Just like every, it seems like it's so bad and it's gone so downhill so fast. Why do you think that has happened? It's like, we had some really, really good discussion there. So those kind of things, the advice, the counsel, the, uh, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff, a fellowship, those things are very important. And how do we kind of get that going in our church? In other words, when church is over or during your midweek or whatever, people can talk about football and hunting and the weather and all that. And that's good. And I'm, I'm all for that. But how can we steer that a little bit more spiritual? How can we kind of up it a little bit so the, the spiritual influence is coming out? I'll tell you, what we do here at uh, Sinclair Baptist. First of all, the number one thing is we really value those voices. The idea that people speaking and they have something important to say. Yes, they have something important to say. They are important people. They're God's people. And uh, obviously, if someone were gossiping or cursing or whatever, we would, you know, shut that down. But people do have uh, things that they can say, and they have been through life experiences and have a lot of areas where they can influence. And I think it's important for us to value um, what they are going to say. So I wrote down a couple things on this idea of how we do this uh, this valuation here. Um, probably the first thing that, that I do that, to kind of value the voices is when I'm in a good discussion and I have a good, like, a, like after church, I mentioned, already talked about this, talking about a guy like, why has our society gone downhill so fast or whatever? You can talk about that discussion without naming names or embarrassing people. You can use that in a message later on where you can say, hey, after church last week, I was talking with someone and we came across this topic of why is society so bad and how did it go downhill so fast? And did it start with taking prayer out of the school or, you know, a certain person elected or what kind of happened? And it was a very good discussion. And what I have found is that the Bible says, da, 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 da. so in other words, you're kind of teaching the Bible, but you're prefacing it with this idea of, you know, I have was in a good discussion, letting people know that discussion is okay, that you as the pastor do discussion. I've had many churches where the pastor um, is just an excellent people person, and he's out there before the service, he's out there after the service, he's making himself available. But occasionally I get to a church where the pastor is it's kind of tied up before the service, and I'm sure they're in there praying or talking business meeting or something, but 
they're just not available. I mean, it's just not, you know, so the discussion really isn't valued that much in the idea. And so there's probably not a lot of illustrations that you would have if you don't talk to people. Talk to your people. Mention those discussions. Again, you can do that and keep it confidential. I think the other one is sort of mentioned this is kind of create this venue, the idea where you can... Uh, we can have discussion, and discussion is allowed, and there is a plenty of time for it. Um, our particular church services finish approximately at noon on every Sunday morning, and we try to keep track of what we call hang time, how long people hang around and talk. And the last two weeks, we have had people at church, after church, still talking, young families still talking till about 1.15. We've had about an hour and 45 minutes uh, or an hour and 15 minutes of really valuable discussion going in. And I've kind of roamed around and actually been in a few of those things. But it's the idea that, that we've create this time after church where that can happen. We have, you know, a few refreshments, a few things there. We kind of have a little music playing in the background so people hang around. We don't flick the lights and chase them off. Uh, I've told you that. Don't stand by the door and shake their hand all as they go out the door. Uh, Have someone else stand by the door. But, Pastor, stick around in the middle where you can talk and where you can kind of create that discussion and have your staff people don't rush off to the restaurants and race home to get a nap so they can make it back for choir practice at three o'clock or whatever have them hang around this is spiritual fruit if you value intimacy with god and you value that that social interaction with other people what we call active spiritual relations you will get people uh you will create venues and you will value those venues where people hang around and spend time talking with each other and after church so even at our church our uh, immediate staff people our main people we don't uh, it's not like we don't allow them, we've, but we've kind of created a culture of nobody goes out to lunch, people stick around, and they talk as long as possible. And we understand meals and little kids and naps and some of those things um, have to happen. But this is the idea of creating a time to talk. Um, this happens, I learned this, and I probably have shared this with you before, but I used to do youth revivals all over the place, and we would do these things, and we'd preach till, you know, it's like from 6 in the evening till 9 in the evening for big teens. And we do pizza and games and fun and preaching. And uh, I found out that I would preach like right up till about two minutes before 9, you know, and then it would be like, okay, you're dismissed. I mean, right to the very end. I learned quickly that some of the best time for spiritual discussion is after a message because you've kind of set the tone it's sort of mellowed out a little bit and the kids aren't all crazy about the games and you can uh, you know kind of get some good discussion going so we would revamp the format and quit about 20 minutes early so that we could have this discussion time and I'm not talking about formal discussion time but just just hang around talk kind of time while parents came and picked up the kids but that was some of the best things we ever did and I learned that lesson that you really want to create some buffer there. You don't want to go right to the very end and take it to the to the last minute on everything. You want to create a time when that can happen. So that first one I, I said here was kind of the idea of, you know, mention discussions and then create time to talk. The other one is just this idea of celebrating um, when discussions have happened. And here is how I do that. I do that with my phone. 
I will text people and say, thank you so much for the great conversation after church. Thank you so much. I saw you guys hanging around and talking. I'm so glad we have a church where people feel like they can hang around and spend time and talk. Thank you for getting involved. I saw you and that lady counseling and that talking. I know it was probably great stuff. Thank you for taking time to talk to that lady. So I will value the discussion. Now, many times I send texts out like, hey, thanks for coming to church, and thanks for bringing the apple pie, and thanks for helping out at the vacation Bible school. You know, texting is very, very important. Texting is is good for just little doot-doot back and forth. You can't get into real good discussions on texting, or at least I don't, I don't care to. I'm sure you probably could. But you can celebrate discussion, and then the next time when they come back, they see that that is what you value. So this whole first thing that we do is what we call we value the voices, and we make sure that we're kind of celebrating those things and that we're leaving time for those things and that we are you know, mentioning you know, good discussions and talking about that. The second really main point I have here is that we have created what we call a discussion-based Bible studies, our midweek things that we do, and we do a bunch of them. Uh, we don't necessarily do a standing Wednesday night service, although we now have that. We, uh, but but we, we do a standing, uh, or, or a, we do a bunch of uh, small group type Bible studies. We have them on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturday, whatever. And almost all of those that we have are not academic trained or not like, hey, I got three points I need to teach you uh, type of thing, but they are based on questions. They are based on discussion. So the way that you do that, there's a couple tips that will help you with that. Um, number one, it works very easy. If you want to get into it, I could definitely uh, teach you. In fact, I have a podcast. I'll mention it here in just a, a second on how to how to learn how to do this. But this is the idea of when, when you are getting ready to do some discussion, discuss something that they already know about. So we start, it's very easy, we talk about Sunday sermon, the Sunday morning sermon, and we say, hey, has anyone got any notes from the Sunday morning sermon? And we all take notes at our sermons, okay, we have kind of notes that they fill in. Anyone have any questions or anything that you didn't understand? Or, hey, what did you think about point one when pastor said this or said that? And we get some discussion going, we create these these good questions because we're discussing something they're familiar with already. Another way to do this is if you're doing like a, a, a book study, for example, if you're, if you're going through the book of Acts, you'd say, all right, to next week at our Bible study, we're in Acts chapter 7. Everybody read Acts chapter 7. And when we come, we're going to talk about Acts 7. And I have some questions prepared, but if you have any questions, just underline your favorite verse or your favorite thought in there, and let's talk about that. So then they have read it ahead of time. They're familiar with it. People discuss things that they're familiar with, and you want to make sure that you kind of get them going. Now, I have a podcast on this, and uh, the the title of it is How to Start a Small Group, or no, this one's called How to Lead a Small Group, How to Lead a Small Group, and and, uh, you can look for it on my YouTube channel right here. Uh, Hit the little microscope or whatever the thing's called, uh, magnifying glass, that's it. Uh, Hit the magnifying glass thing, the search bar, type in How to Lead a Small Group, and I talk about how to 
ask questions and how to create discussion-based Bible study. It'll be very helpful for you. So they discuss things that they are familiar with. They also discuss things when you have actually just asked questions. Now, if you're pastor type, here's what you likely do on a Sunday or on a, on a midweek is you likely like write down some points that you want to cover or reiterate. And I want to challenge you to kind of to to reformat that a little bit, and that is if you if you're going to study and kind of go through you know the techniques I share in this particular podcast, uh, how to st- uh, lead a small group. Go ahead and look at that. Um, you're going to create more discussion. You want to have discussion going because this is really really healthy, and you lead it and you kind of steer it. So what you need to do is instead of writing like three points you want to cover, you need to write three questions you need to ask. Three questions you need to ask. So, you know, from this particular scripture, like uh, say you're talking about uh, living uh, holy, okay, living, you know, the sober life it talks about in uh, uh, Titus there. You know, what are some ways that people might be able to demonstrate that they're living holy? What are some ways that people violate you know, sobriety, uh, you know, what can they be too addicted to, uh, other than liquor, you know, sober, we always think of liquor, but you know, you, what are some of the ways that some of this might happen? And you kind of open up and get some of those questions kind of going, and that's what really kind of stimulates things. So this is the idea of having a discussion based midweek. And when we do this and, and all of our midweek, including our men's, we have men's prayer breakfast, they are discussion based. They are not teaching. The core thing is obviously the Bible, okay, but we go from the Bible and we write questions rather than write teaching points. The questions are teaching points, okay, and we get the chance to, to, to kind of shape the discussion around the scriptures as we kind of go through. It's like, hey, Titus wrote, you know, this is written in Titus here. Let's look at Timothy. What is common in those two verses? You know, this list here in Titus, this list here in Timothy, what are some things that you see are common? And in this day and age, how, how does that really play out? Like, oh, man, there's all sorts of discussion you can go through right there. So very powerful stuff. This is voices that we that we value. So who is the most powerful voice in your church? Well, if you're the pastor, you get to steer and create all this stuff. So that means that you are the power. You get to be the teacher of the gospel, teacher of the doctrine, teacher of the theology, okay, in the sense of that there's more of them than you, then they're the more powerful voices. And in fact, really people have more influence than a pastor does because they, they go, they all go home home and they all have friends, they all have neighbors, they all have people to talk to. So in that sense, they're more powerful. But in this great sense, and here's kind of the kicker for this whole thing, pastor, you get to steer some of that. If your people are just talking about football and hunting all the time, you can steer that. You can direct that and make that to become a spiritual voice and a spiritual discussion. So I wanted to share that with you today. Went a little bit longer than normal, but thank you. If this has been helpful, do me a favor, hit the thumbs up and subscribe. If you've never subscribed, we appreciate that very much. So uh, thanks for taking time to be with us. If you never did get our download here, um, this has to do with uh, you know the whole thing about how to have better Sundays. And and this one here is the idea of creating creating a, 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 an atmosphere. It's one of the first things you have to do is kind of your atmosphere of your church has, you know, people walk in, they go, oh, this is interesting. And if there are people talking, you've created a good atmosphere. If it is dead as a museum, okay, you're, uh, you're not doing so good. So we want you to do that. So if you need this, you can get this at reachkeep.com slash preaching. And I'll put the thing on the screen here. 
but how to have better Sundays. Just a real simple three-step formula. So thanks for being with us here today. I appreciate you a bunch. Uh, again, hit the share button there and subscribe. And this is Mike Holmes here at the Better Sundays Podcast at reachkey.com.